Okay, in this week's Torah portion, we learn about how the Jewish people conquered this area called Chevel Argoiv. Chevel Argoiv means a region of the monarchy. Uh, Argoiv means the um, palace of the king, and Chevel Argoiv means a region of the palace of the king. So this whole area that they conquered was considered very, very um, aristocratic, very unique area. And the um, Torah says to us um, two things about this place. Number one is that it's a place of the monarchy. And number two, uh, it says that this place had a very good oil. The, um, the Talmud talks about different levels of oil uh, that were used for the temple. And the Talmud says the best oil was from a place called Takua. And the second best oil, Abashol says, Abashol was one of the authors of the Mishnah, one of the Tanoim. He just says the second best oil is Regev. Regev, which is across the Jordan River. What is Regev? So the Rebbe's father, I believe Yitzhak, says that Regev was this area that uh, was across the Jordan that was conquered by the Jewish people they conquered the kingdom of Og so this uh, Regev is the same as Argov Regev has the same letters as Argov so when Abishol says they got oil the, best oil the second best oil is from Regev it means the area that belonged to the tribe of Manasseh to believe Yitzhak explains what Regev is he's referring to the area of Argov <clears throat> and that's why the Torah says that Yair was the one who conquered this area because Yair means to give light so it makes sense that he conquered an area where there's oil because oil and light are connected to each other <coughs> oil <coughs> produces light so everything in Torah has a is very precise that means that these two concepts that we find about this area one that it's associated with the monarchy and the other that it's as to with oil, they're connected to each other. You need to understand the, the connection between them. You also need to understand something else. The language of the Mishnah, Abashol says this is the second best oil, that language indicates that this was something that was not unanimous. Abashol was of this opinion, but not the first opinion in this passage in the Talmud, in this Mishnah. So we need to understand what's the discussion, what's the argument whether or not we should count Regev or Argoiv, whether its oil was second best, second to the oil in Tekoa. So, and also it's difficult to say that they really argue about the oil, <clears throat> oil because it can't be an argument about the facts. Either this was the second best oil or it wasn't second best oil. How can they be arguing about the facts? So, the answer is like this. When Abishol said where the oil was located, he wasn't only telling us the um, geographical location of where to get the oil from, he was also telling us why there's an argument about this oil. There is a spiritual meaning of oil. Oil is about devotion to Hashem, complete devotion to Hashem. We see this in three elements in oil. First of all, in the production of oil, you have to crush the olives. The idea of abnegation, the idea of devotion, even crushed, 
putting your ego aside. The second thing we see about oil is that when oil burns, nothing remains, as opposed to other items which are, are um, what's the word, combustible, which can burn. So other items which burn, they leave ashes. When oil burns, nothing remains. So that's another way you see how oil has to do with abnegation, total devotion, there's nothing left over. A third element that you see about oil that highlights it's this idea of um, abnegation is that uh, while, it, maybe Dr. Rasmus, let me sit on that, that table easier for you. The, um, the, the uh, oil has a, um, while it's burning, it's not noisy. Other, other um, things when they burn, they're very uh, noisy, they're very uh, tumultuous how they burn. Oil burns very softly. So these three um, aspects highlight that the idea of oil in our service of Hashem is devotion to Hashem. In uh, Kabbalah, oil is associated with the highest of the ten levels of the world of Atzilus. And the Altarebbe heard from the, Z- the Zichim Magid that what is the idea of the level of Chachma? Chachma is a place where there it's revealed how Hashem is alone and there's nothing besides it. So that's the same concept, the idea of absolute abnegation, devotion, all there is is in. So can a human being reach that level? Can a human being reach a level of oil? Can we be oily? So on the surface, we can't. Because whatever thing we're going to think about is going to try to motivate us to be closer to Hashem. Since we're using our meditation, we're using our minds, we're using ourselves to go somewhere, we can only go so far with ourselves. So our mind can only bring us so far. We, we can only... There was a tzaddik... Um, he was once talking to his students and one of his students, I think maybe it was his own son, um, said that he doesn't notice the greatness of his teacher, the greatness of his father, the way others do. So his father responded, As If you're using body to touch, then all you could touch is body. If you're using your body to touch, then all you can touch is body. If you're using soul to touch, you can touch soul. So if we're going to try to use meditation to bring us to a state of abnegation to Hashem, since our mind and our, is itself an, an entity, is itself an, an, something, it can't bring us to beyond ourselves. To go beyond ourselves, to experience this idea of oil told in devotion to Hashem, it can only happen when there's a revelation of godliness which is beyond creation. And that's why Israel is the place where this oil is found that the best oils in Israel, the best oils in Tekoa. Why? Because Israel, it says, is a place where God's eyes are upon the land from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. What that means is, is not only that God's eyes are upon the land, but Israel is a place where there is a vivid perception of godliness, like something you see with your eyes, something which is open and clear, something which is vivid. It's not just something that, 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 that's, that you understand, but it's vivid. Imagine someone... Uh, looking at a waterfall and trying to make a painting of the waterfall. So their painting is going to be something similar to what they see. They're looking at the waterfall. Imagine someone making a painting of someone else making a painting of the waterfall. It's, it's a whole different thing. The first guy is making a painting of the waterfall. The second guy is merely making a painting of a painting. The first guy, it's not about the, the different colors he's using. The, different, the second guy, it's all about copying the uh, movement of the first artist. 
In a similar way, there is a vivid perception of godliness that we have in our soul, and there's our mind. Our mind is like taking the things we see and bringing it down into a painting. Things we see with our eyes and, 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 and making a painting of it. So using your mind to convey what you see. But then there's something else where you're using your mind to convey something, to bring down something understood. Making a painting of a painting. So uh, the place where the oil is found, the natural place for the oil, for the place of revelation, a place of vivid revelation of Galenius on the level of Chachma, where are God's eyes? God's eyes are upon the land of Israel. That's a place where there's revelation. That's a place which, which can bring you to have this sense of oil, a sense of the total devotion to Hashem. Outside of Israel doesn't have that. Outside of Israel doesn't have this revelation. A place that God, you can't do this by yourself. It has to be something that God has given you. And therefore, only the place that God shows can have this. So that's why the first opinion of the Mishnah is, the only place that can have this kind of oil is Israel. Out to the visual is a whole different thing. The members of the families of God and Reuben and Menashe, they asked Moshe Rabbeinu for this land, and Moshe gave it to them. And they, they were able to con- create a holy space outside of Israel. That's great, but it's not the same kind of thing as when God makes a revelation. They're eliciting some kind of a divine response, and Hashem agreeing to give them this land is not the same as the OG, if you will, the original land of Israel that got himself a portion for the Jewish people. They don't have that same kind of, doesn't have the same kind of revelation, doesn't have this, it's, it's, it's artificial, if you will. It's not, it's not something which is um, beyond creation, it's something which is, which is limited. So therefore, the first opinion of the Mishnah is, the only place to get oil, the only place to get pure revelation is in Israel. Outside of Israel, it's not the same thing. Tekoa, the word Tekoa also comes from the word Yiska. That's a word that's used in Tanya. Yiska Machshav Tebachosek. In chapter 3 in Tanya, Altar talks about the highest level of meditation, of godliness. Where do you get the oil? In Tekoa, in Yiska. You can get it in Israel. The kind of meditation that you're, we're talking about, where you're going beyond yourself to total devotion to Hashem, that's something which is only in Israel. That's the first opinion. Outside of Israel, it's not the same thing. However, Rabbi Shol disagrees. Rabbi Shol says this second level of oil, yes, it's not the same, but it's still considered close to the first, still considered something which is on par with the first level, albeit second best. The, le- the oil from Argov, the oil from Regev, it is second best. Why? Why is that oil somewhat, why does he consider the oil to be, to be second best? He says, look at the facts. They were outside of Israel, and they conquered the land. They didn't take the land as their own inheritance until God agreed to give it to them. They asked Moshe, can we take this land? Moshe gave them the land with Hashem's consent. Hashem chose to make this land part of Israel too. Yes, they were the catalysts. They were the ones who asked. It was their decision to ask for it. But Hashem responded. And just like you can't say they took the land, it was God who gave them the land, so too you cannot say that the holiness outside of Israel and across the Jordan is something which is merely artificial. Hashem agreed to make that place holy. So that place does have a similar sanctity to the land of Israel. They didn't decide to have that. They asked for it. Who, does, who made the decision? Hashem. So Hashem gave them the land through their request. So the first opinion of the mission is, well, okay, that's true, but 
since a human being's hand was mixed into this, it shows it's still not the highest level of sanctity. It's still, still not the highest level of Hashem's truth. It's still not the oil. The second opinion is, well, it is, because it was Hashem's choice to make this part of Israel. Compared to this to the rest of the world, we know that the Tzemach Tzedek told someone who wanted to move to Israel because he wanted to be, devote himself to Torah and prayer. Tzemach Tzedek said to him, make here Israel. That's artificial. That's with your own power. That's, Tzemach Tzedek said, you have to make it Israel. That's obviously going to be limited. We discussed last week how it also brings the coming of Mashiach and it's very important. And that's, that's key because Hashem wants the whole world to be enveloped the whole points of Hashem. But practically, if you're making it into Israel and it's not Israel, it's going to be something that's limited to your efforts. Yes, it's a catalyst for the coming of Mashiach, but it's still, at least temporarily, it's still something which is, which is um, artificial, something which is man-made, something which is limited. So that's not comparable, says Abashol, to the holiness in the region of Og, the region which is called Hevel Argov, that region is something that God himself agreed to make holy. He agreed to sanctify. That has become a holy space. This helps us understand the connection between the uh, other thing we know about Argov, that it was called the region of the kings. When the Jewish people conquer a place, it's not just that they physically conquer the place and it becomes theirs. It's that they sanctify the place. They make the place a holy place. So a place which was originally a place of kings, when the Jewish people conquer it, what do they do? They make it into a place for the king of all kings. It's a place meant for kings. So they take that place and they transform it into being a place for the king of all kings. It's special because it's coming from a place of human kings. And therefore it shows that it has the caliber of being a place for the king of all kings. There was one time at the previous Rebbe and his, his household had no money at all. And they were living in New York. And there was a chassid of theirs, and his name was Rabbi um, Avram Parish. And he went to take the previous Rebbe's shoes to get polished. And outside the hotel, or the home where he was staying, I remember, there, was, there, were two, there were two shoeshine boys, or shoeshine men. One of them charged much less than the other. And, they, uh, and Rabbi, Ab, Ab, when, when they took the previous Rebbe's shoes to be shined, he took them to the one who was far more expensive. So another chassid said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you wasting money on... on, on it's, the shoes are shiny either way. He says, listen, these are, these are the shoes of the... Uh, these are the shoes of the Rebbe. This is, this is, this is a, from, from, from the, the Rebbe is from the seat of King David. Do things according to the way King David does things. So if this guy's charging more money, this is, this is the higher level of shoe shine. This is, this is the way it's supposed to be done. This is the way you shine shoes for the monarchy. Anyway, so because this is a place of the monarchy, therefore it, it's something which also represents how it can be transformed to holiness to be a place for Hashem. And that's why this is a place of the oil. That's why Bashol says this is the second best oil. This is also, also helps understand something else that Abishol said. We're um, learning now about the Beis HaMikdash in these, these three weeks. And because um, it says in the Torah that when you learn about the Beis HaMikdash, you actually build the Beis HaMikdash. You cause the temple to actually be built. And more than that, it's important to know what to do when Mashiach's going to come. So you have to learn about it. So there were four chambers in the, in the Ezra's Nashim, in the women's courtyard. There were four chambers on, in the various corners. So it says that the... Um, 
the southeast, um, the southeast, if I remember correctly, um, the um, the Belezer Yaakov, who was the um, who, who taught us many many things about the temple that no one else knew, he said, "I forgot what this was for. I forgot what this this area was meant to be used for. I don't know what it was meant to be used for." But Abishol said. This was the place of the oil and the place of the wine. That's why they kept the oil and the wine in the temple. So Rabbi Lezim Yaakov says, I forgot what it was used for. Now Bashol says, I remember this was the place where they put the oil and the wine. And there was more, it was called the place of the oil. There was oil and wine there, but it was called the place of the oil. So the Rebbe's father, I believe Yitzhak explains, that the reason that Rabbi Lezim Yaakov forgot about this place, he forgot what it was for, is because spiritually, this was a place that brings to forgetting things. In other words, spiritually, this level of the, I mentioned before called Chachma, the level of the oil, that's associated, as the Talmud says, the oil is good for memory. But this place in the temple was far from that holiness, didn't have that holiness of the oil. That's what Blazerman Yaakov says, it's a place that brings forgetfulness, it's a place that bring, makes you forget, that's why he forgot. His father said, why do you forget that place? Because it's a place of forgetfulness. However, Abba Shol, what's Abba mean? Abba means father. The first of all the ten spheres is called the father of the other spheres because it gives birth to the other spheres. So Abba Shol, he was the one, since he's associated with the level of Chachma, he is able to bring the level of the oil, bring the level of devotion to Hashem, bring the level of remembery to the place of forgetfulness, to the place of separation. The place, he's able to bring the oil in a place of separation, in a place of disconnectedness, in a place of where there is too much of a sense of self. That's what Abishol is able to do. Not only is he able to do this, but he, he, what did he say? There's a place of wine and a place of oil. And yet, in pla- what it's called is Beishmania, it's called the house of the oil. As wine and oil, but its title is oil. What does that mean? What is wine and what is oil? In the study of Torah, there are two parts. We say in our prayers, let my soul be like dust before all. Open my heart to your Torah. We pray to Hashem, let my soul be like dust before all. Then we say, open my heart to your Torah. So it says in Hasidus, you can't open your heart to Torah without being totally, totally devoted to Hashem. In other words, you have to feel when you're studying Torah that God's talking to you. If you don't feel that God's talking to you, and you're, and you're not, it's about your understanding, your feeling, you're not going to really get the Torah. You have to use your mind too. So there has to be a convergence of two things. You have to, on, the, on the one hand, you have to have the wine. Wine represents enjoyment, which means your understanding, your appreciation, you, what you're getting into. And there also has to be the idea of absolute devotion, oil. You have to have wine and you have to have oil. So Abishol, he hears of Elazar Yaakov's comment when Elazar Yaakov says, I forgot what it's used for. What does that mean, I forgot what it's used for? That means it doesn't matter when you're involved in the wine element of Torah. Which, when you're involved in understanding, when you're involved in appreciation on a personal level, and you're not thinking about devotion to Hashem, you're not in the level of memory, in the level of chachma, the level of devotion. But you're, you're going, you're going away from that level of total devotion to your own to your own self. You're using your mind. You're, you're departing from the level of memory to comprehend things in your own way. So when you leave the memory to go to the level of understanding, you're leaving the level of absolute devotion to Hashem. You're leaving the oil. So Yarbalazim Yaakov says, I forgot what it's for. This doesn't matter what it's for. Doesn't, in other words, what does that mean? When you learn Torah, 
with a sense of devotion to Hashem, you know what you want to know when you learn Torah? You want to know what to do with it. You want to know what does Hashem want me to do? When you learn Torah with a sense of oil, you want, your first question is, what do I do now? You want to know what does the halacha? You're interested in knowing the halacha. However, if your focus in the study of Torah is your own enjoyment, you don't care what the halacha is. Just, you, just, just want to, you just want to enjoy it. So Rabbi Lezer, Ben Yaakov says, I forgot what it is for. In other words, if I, in the place of forgetfulness, in the place of where you're departing from the oil, when you're just focused on the wine, just focused on the, on, on the enjoyment, so then it, it doesn't matter to you to, to what Hashem is asking you to do. Like the Talmud says, if Hashem tells us to shop wood, you're not focused on, on getting things done. Because when you're in the level of, when you're focused on enjoyment, you, know, you don't want to roll up your sleeves. So, that, so comes Abishol, and Abishol says, no. Abishol says that even though you have to have the enjoyment in Torah, you have to understand it, you have to appreciate it to use your own mind, but you can't forget the critical component of the oil. Now, can you not forget it? But, the, but what is the title of this place? What's the main component of the room which has the oil and the wine? It's called the house of the oil. That means that your Torah study can't just... Ha- the primary focus of your Torah study has to be the words of Hashem. What does Hashem want? You're trying to understand the Torah because Hashem wants you to understand the Torah. It's the place of the oil. Yeah, you have to have wine there too. You have to understand it. But what is its place? It's the place of the oil. This reminds me of a similar teaching about um, fins and scales. The Talmud says that, that there's a fascinating thing. The Talmud predicts the future. The Talmud says any fish, in order for fish, fish to be kosher, has to have fins and scales. So the Talmud says any fish that has scales will have fins. So in, uh, the Talmud connects the fish in the water with the Torah is called water to, to pursuit of Torah study. So there's two parts of our Torah study. There's the fins, there's our, our intellectual prowess in studying Torah, and there's the scales, the reverence for Hashem. So if you have the scales, you have the fins. If you have the, the, the sense of listening to what Hashem wants you to understand in the Torah, you, you're trying to hear what Hashem wants you to understand, you'll have the fins. You'll have to move around and, 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 and analyze it the appropriate way. Focus on the fins, you'll have the scales. Focus on the fins, you won't have the scales. Focus on the scales, you have the fins. Not every animal, not every fish that has fins has scales. But every fish that has scales has fins. If you focus on, on trying to, to, to connect to Hashem's truth, you'll get the fins there as well. So that's the message, the lesson in our lives. When we study Torah, is that we can't just try to, under, to appreciate it and just understand, go for the logic of it, but we have to have this, this like Shemona Esrei feeling when we study Torah. Just when you're studying, praying Shemona Esrei, you're face to face with Hashem, so too you have to feel that same thing when you, um, when you study Torah. We were learning yesterday of different, different kinds of weapons that the Jewish people... Um, the, the Mishnah talks about the five kinds of weapons. One of the weapons is um, a uh, bow and arrow. Bow and arrow, according to Kabbalah and Hasidus, is connected to Shemona Esrei. Shemona Esrei is called the place of the bow and arrow because just like a, with the bow and arrow, the, the farther back you pull the, the uh, bow, the, far, the further the arrow reaches, so to the more heartfelt your request of Hashem is, you ask Hashem, um, I feel separate from you, I feel in pain because I'm not close to you. The deeper you feel pain from being separate from Hashem, the, the deeper your request reaches, like a bow and arrow reaches farther. But also, another reason why Shemun Esra is compared to bow and arrow is because when you have a bow and arrow as opposed to a sword, you can reach an enemy which, which is far away. 
when you have a sword, you can only hit an enemy that's next to you. With a bow and arrow, you can hit an enemy which is far away from you. So too, when you dive in Esrei, because you're face to face with Hashem, so you notice things in your life that aren't meant to be there. When you're before Shmonasrei, you could think, in the language of the 80s, you're hunky-dory, everything's fine, you didn't do anything wrong. When we ask God to forgive us, only when we're face-to-face with Hashem and Shmonasrei, face-to-face with Hashem, then you start realizing, Zlach Lano, forgive us. When you finish Shmonasrei, you say, we're guilty, we act perniciously. All those, those kinds of, of, um, of expressions of, of regret are specifically when we're face-to-face with Hashem, because when you have that face-to-face closeness with Hashem, that allows you to also get rid of these more subtle problems in your soul, the more, the more, the more subtle forms of evil. It's able to reach the enemy who's farther away. So this is the power of studying Torah in that same way of Shemona Esrei, of studying Torah with a sense of devotion to Hashem, that the Torah itself could also cleanse you from all negative things and uh, connect you to, uh, to Hashem's truth. L'chaim, l'chaim. should be there. Fully with the oil, Chaim. And, and the wine, oil and the wine, but mainly the oil, yeah. Chaim. All right. Any questions, comments? Um, I'm good. Put that password in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh.